You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to another edition of Noon Dish. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Don Callahan. We are sponsored by John... (laughs) We were sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. Shout out, shout out to the regulars that come in here. I think Don's heavy breathing on the <laughs> logo screen scares some people out of here. Today is Wednesday, October 25th, North Carolina football recruiting alive and well. Look at Sean Crowley doing your job for you. I know. The man is Crowley. always here. Uh, smash that like button. Uh, hit, the, uh, hit the like button. Drop questions in the chats. Gary Lewis, shout out to Winston-Salem. Put in here where you're listening to us from live. I'll be in Winston-Salem Saturday. You're going to the right high, right high school? The right high – what? Uh, do you know which high school you're going to? I do not. As of right now, I do not. I got a, I got a uh, <laughs> travel basketball tournament I got to go to, and we don't get those – for those parents who do the travel stuff – uh, well, I don't know, I guess, other sports, but basketball, like you don't get any information until like two days before. Oh, I got it. So you're going because of that. You're not going yes. to cover some high school recruits, you know. Not, no, not like... no, 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 no. Got you. Although uh, I am going to Jacksonville, North Carolina tomorrow um, to see an offensive lineman, in-state offensive lineman North Carolina has offered. Nice. Is but that 25? Saturday is, what's that? Yeah, it's a 2025. But Saturday is for family duties. No idea what time I need to be there yet. No idea what time I'm leaving. Kind of stinks. Is there anything worse than travel basketball? At least travel baseball, you're outside enjoying the beautiful weather and not jammed in a gym somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. I mean, I'd rather be inside in climate control than outside in, in the hot sun. But that's just me. You're soft like the Phillies. <laughs> I, I pointed I pointed this out to Don uh, before the show started, uh, and before we get into this. That's Zach Gallon right here. Zach Gallon bobblehead behind me. He plays for the uh, Diamondbacks. He's and I pitching. pointed out that Zach Gallon went 0 for 2 against the Phillies. He's pitching on Friday. It's team sport, Don. I mean, clearly. <laughs> it, it, he's, it's good for him that they, that uh, it is, and he didn't pitch every game. But, no, I, I, mean, I mean, really, shout out to the Diamondbacks. I mean, they, they played their game, game six and seven, did their thing. I mean, I really – I mean, I said this on a post. I mean, it, it's, it's old school – baseball but they they played it you know they get a guy on base they get him to second and they hit him in it's pretty simple 
and you know, not a whole lot of showboating on their team. They, they play hard. They have great players, you know, no superstars. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a good team, well-managed team. And then you look at, you know, they obviously have some really good management because they basically put that bullpen together just before the trade deadline. So, um, you know, good luck to them in the world series. Yeah. I, uh, a, a week ago or five or six days ago, I was saying I would never watch baseball again this year because I was not going to watch the Astros and the Phillies. <laughs> um, and, and here we are with the Rangers and adult Adolis Garcia, um, having an epic day. And yeah, uh, I, but it's crazy, you know, it's crazy how you can be so hot one minute. Um, what's his name? Castellanos just tearing it up. Yeah. Starts the series and then does nothing. The big three of the Phillies does nothing in game six and seven. Sort of like, you know, Carolina football. First <laughs> six games to the to the Virginia game. I know I know people are tired of hearing about Phillies, and I think this is be the last time we talk about the Phillies into the spring. But um this is what the Phillies were all season long. It was feast or famine. They would they literally I mean you look at the games they won, it was Ten you runs. are a message board poster if I have ever heard it, man. I mean, look at it. I have never been, I've never followed a team like this where it's like literally 10 runs when they win, one or two when they lose. And usually the one or two comes from not, you know, not the top guys on the team. Oh, so you are peacocking when they're winning, <laughs> you're slamming them when they lose. Hey, no, the things that irritated me are the things that cause them problems. It's the the manager, the lineup. The, Schwarber was your best player for a while there. Yeah, but he, what, I mean, he had a walk. Uh, well, uh, he did have a double out. last night, let's but then the people behind him. But so that goes back to imagine what that double would have been had he been clean up or batting fifth and somebody been on base. But uh -huh. we have him and second and he, you know, and he's slow as, you know, and so, when you have a state guy in your top three lineups, you're destined for trouble when it matters. And, uh, you know, game six and seven. Well, it, it really, to, in all honesty, <laughs> and this might sound like excuses, should never got past game five. They had game three and four won, but the manager mismanaged the, the bullpen <laughs> situation. Got Kimbrell in there, blew both games towards the end. But, you know, because Arizona didn't play like Arizona until game six and seven. Lordy mercy, seven game series, Russ. Not over till it's over. Uh, anyway, no, they, hey, they deserved it. They played. Their manager stuck with the plan. I mean, even when they were the Phillies were winning, they were playing hard. They were running out ground balls. They were still stealing base. I mean, they were doing what they needed to do. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I. The life of a Phillies fan is it, <laughs> and, and now we're on to hockey. As folks watching on YouTube, we are they see. play? And fortunately. Now, I fell asleep during it, but fortunately, the Flyers were playing Las Vegas, and their game kicked off, or kicked off, puck dropped at uh, 11. But we probably need to get into something else. People are already... Yeah, people are... No, there's people more people leaving. trickling in. It's like, they're trickling in, saying, like, when oh, did I walk into... Hockey's on, this, let's get in here. Yeah, is this intentional talk on MLB Network, or is this a Frozone on NHL Network? But no, we're going to talk about couple things one top five for later in the show top five scary monsters or scary scary folks like jason yeah, the idea, Freddy, so this, those type of people so people can obviously be pretty there's a lot of gray area potentially we're tr the idea is to keep it on halloween halloween is what tuesday what are you are you dressing up tommy yeah 
I got what a great costume. Be? I'm not going to tell you. Ooh, we should it, we should go on air. It is a it involves a uh, a um, construction worker jacket. And, oh my! Um, this sounds like some sort of role playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great, but I don't want to spoil it because I know some people watch this, and I, I don't want people to spoil it. But we're having a little party on a Tuesday night, so uh, I um I'll be directing traffic. I need to go something like that. I need to go check my mail. See if I got that invitation in there. Um, I didn't get it yet. It's actually, I'll send it to you. I'll text it to you. <laughs> and then I'll be offended if you don't drive an hour and show up. And then also, uh, so top five scary stuff. Like what scares you? You can do scary movies. You can do scary villains. That's what we're doing, scary monster well, killers. Well, scary monsters, killers, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, and also, who was our MVP from two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, Steve Brown. I can't remember what the topic was. <laughs> Steve Brown, are you here? If you are here, yeah, Steve, Steve Brown. step up and gain and, and claim your prize. Yes, you are MVP for last for two weeks ago. Our top five was top five cookies, but we we had a lot of um, we had a big range of topics. If you can remember that far that far back, that was right before the Miami game. Things were a little bit different from North Carolina then. It's kind of uh, like being we'll up two get... zero in a series. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because two two <laughs> own seven day. game two own seven game series is such a crazy. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, Sean Carlos said Mike Pence is probably busy. Um, he's got oh, that's right, it's Mike Pence. That's right. I should have wrote that in my notes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Steve, step up yeah, and claim your prize. Don, Don will uh, talk Phillies baseball and Flyers hockey with you um, for an hour. That's your prize. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Don. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of that Miami game, mm -hmm. uh, North Carolina had a ton of visitors there. We, we yes. talked about that on this show before that. Um, of course, your columns on Inside Carolina on the premium boards. More reason for folks to be on the premium message boards. And there's Mike, or excuse me, Steve. He's shown up in the chat. <laughs> Was that a slip, or did you actually do that? I purpose? did it on purpose. Uh, I don't slip. But anyway, um, check out your column. I'm looking at your column from after that Miami game. Just Don, the environment, the game itself, the the atmosphere and all, just that was a big deal for North Carolina recruiting. Absolutely. So first, were you at the at that game, like in that gym? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, it definitely, and everybody by now who's in here regulars knows my my uh, my schedule. I you know I don't stay for the whole game, um, but atmosphere was great. The fans were great. Um, the students were great. I mean. Anytime you have a night game, it just adds a, a special, I don't know what it is. It adds something special to the atmosphere. And, and really from a visitor standpoint, I mean, you know, we, we, we kind of alluded to some of the, I think we, we got into, did we have the list yet last, last time when we spoke about who? Uh, we talked about David Sanders. We didn't okay. talk about everybody though, because you wanted to keep it on the premium board. That's right. That's right. We want to keep it on the premium board, but yes. Yeah, so David Sanders made it. Um, I, didn't really get to speak to him too much, but um, seems like it was a very good experience for North Carolina, uh, for him at North Carolina. And um, from what I was told, UNC definitely made him feel like, you know, a special, special visitor. Him and his, and his he brought a, a group of family members, but mostly was kind of walking around with his father. And so that was huge, but there was, a bunch of other guys, you know, CJ Jim Coley, a four-star safety from Tennessee, was there. 
I know we're going to get into them a little bit more. That uh, Leroy Jackson, the last 2024 target, he was taking his official visit that weekend. There was a bunch of of commits. I, um, I need to run down the list. There's there was one, two, three, four, five commits who are making their first or attending their first game at North Carolina. Daniel Anderson, Davion Gauss, or Goss. Luke Masterson, Michael Merdinger, and Jaden Patterson were making their first UNC game visits. So that was pretty significant. And all those guys, when I was kind of talking to them before the season, they had circled this game in particular very early on. But obviously, with North Carolina being being undefeated at, at that point, um, that just obviously rose, rose the profile of that game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of really good players, a lot of really good targets were at that game. So, just as an aside, Preston from Greensboro in the chat says, did Virginia loss kill any chance with Sanders? I, I mean, you've talked about one game, game-by-game yeah. game basis. That, it doesn't yeah, really matter, I mean, right? So, after, after the, before the, the Virginia loss, after the Miami game, I still, I felt like, I felt better about North Carolina's chances, but I still felt like he would end up at a school like Georgia or, you know, Clemson or, you know, Ohio State or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just, he just, there's certain guys that have that feel that they're going to go to one of the, you know, the, the national powerhouse schools, the football schools, quote unquote, whatever, whatever label you want to throw in those schools. And I got that feeling. It was a, I think just him making the decision to attend the game was was huge, and then getting that experience was huge. I don't think he's going to look and see that North Carolina lost to Virginia, and that's going to impact his decision whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, because you look at, I mean, if we're talking about losing games, and I understand losing to Virginia is a little bit different than losing to you know, Ohio State or Penn State, but you know, teams lose. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but it's it's bigger than just one game. On both sides, on good and bad sides. So uh, certainly an interesting thing. What, what about the Virginia game? I mean, there was some significant yeah. recruits there as well. I know you were on it. You you promised us that you're coming to the tailgate at the Campbell game, and I'm going to hold you to it. Uh, I considered having... coming for the Virginia game. I, I was going, I thought about reaching out to you and uh, and seeing if I, I shrimp, can. Shrimp bowl, oyster roast, Oof. all that kind of stuff was Oof. going on. What's going on for the Campbell game? Do you know yet? Well, it's at 12 noon, so I guess it'll be uh, Bojangles biscuits and omelets. Woo! <laughs> come on. Come join it. You're welcome. I will, hey, so I didn't even check to see what time it was. So the fact that you're telling me now is at noon. Is that noon? Noon. Okay. Yep. That actually increases the chances of – well, I'm going to be there, but that makes it easier for me, I guess I should say. Do we need you, to get you a parking pass for the Bowls lot, or are you going to walk down? Um, I could just, I could just walk down. I mean, yeah, I could just walk down. I mean, I didn't know that you had it like that, Tommy, where you can, would you, you just have a bunch of parking passes in your well, back I, pocket? Well, I guarantee you somebody will, uh, will come through with a parking pass for Don ah. Callahan. No, no. I have a parking pass in the, uh, Craig deck. Oh, well, that's right there. So you definitely can just walk down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Virginia game, Virginia visitors. Yes. There was two DBs. So, so just to kind of backtrack for a second. So the UVA game, for a lot of reasons, was not a game that the 
coaching staff had targeted to bring a lot of recruits to obviously if a recruit that works for their schedule, like with, uh, uh, Laganza, um, Hayward that worked best for his schedule. That was his off week for his high school team. So it made it easy. He actually drew him and his cousin drove in on Friday, spent Saturday, obviously in Chapel Hill stayed until Sunday, left Sunday that just worked for their schedule. So that's why he visited for the UVA game. I'm sure there was a similar sort of fits for our schedule for Pedro Riaz also, who was there this past week. And those were the, those were the main two plus um, uh, Tyshawn Alston. But at this point, you know, you almost forget that he's there because he has attended so many UNC home games. You know, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's up there with, with the commits as far as how frequently he attends UNC home games. But yeah, so they had, they did, they did have some, some major targets and those two DBs I'm referring to are 25s that have been offered that UNC is very high on. Yep. Folks need to get on the inside Carolina premium boards to check it out. Don's got his uh, weekly scoop, weekly versions of the scoop come out with a ton of information on all of that type of information. We share as much as we can here, but folks in the chat that are on that premium board understand you got to get in there and check it out. And of course, join the chat too as well. A lot of people discussing it. Don, let, let me move on a little bit on that aspect of it. And again, folks, um, get in your top five um, killers, villains, whatever you want to call it, scary people, boogeyman, whatever. Um, which that's a crazy movie too anyway i wanted to ask you about uh, we always check in and see what guys are doing on their senior seasons and you've got that up earlier this week actually yesterday let me ask you a general question okay which 24 recruit has surprised you the most in their senior season so i've only really really dove into the offense so far the defense we're going to do next week so let's just if you if you can Bear with me and let's just stick to offense. Okay. There, there was a couple. I'm going to be honest. Like like those who know, I don't try to sugarcoat stuff. But I was really kind of impressed with the commits, especially when you, I guess, you, you know, being a human, you kind of go into this with an idea. Okay, a lot of these guys aren't, you're, you're not going, there's not a bunch of four stars who are commits to North Carolina. And, but watching all their film, I, I was, I was really impressed. And, but to answer your question, the guy that I liked the most was Janai Norwood. Super impressed with this film. Now, he's, he's projected as an offensive lineman, and, but the majority of the, the highlights I saw of him were him playing defense. Now, he, he's played a little bit of defense prior to this season, but this is the first season where he's starting both ways. And, I mean, he's just absolutely just wreaking havoc on, on a backfield. And has a lot of nice plays where you know he tips up a, a screen pass and catches it for an interception, where he literally like as he's tackling the running back, he shoots the gap, tackles the running back, and somehow gets the ball and then just rips it out of the running back's grips. I thought that was impressive. But and and because of this, it has and some other people who've watched the film have asked me, you know, what, what are the chances he plays defensive line? I've posed that question to couple sources and the goal the, the plan still is he's coming in as an offensive lineman but once they get on campus he gets moving around who knows what could happen and they're very happy that he's also 
excelling on the um, the defensive side of the ball. Another name I want to bring up too is um, oh god. Um, Why are you hunting that Norwood, of course, from Eastern Rams Randolph? Excuse me, in Ramsour. Uh, can I read Ivans's quote? Sure. On the, on the thing. Andrew Ivan said, he's a box checker for sure, a guy that I think will have a case to move up in the rankings with a strong week at the Shrine Bowl, playing both ways and making an impact on defense. He's pretty, he has a pretty impressive interception on the highlight reel. Uh, you, that you that was the, yeah. That's the one you you cannot overstate athletic ability on the lines, but also, um, you know, athletic ability on the offensive line. North Carolina's probably struggled with that a little bit. Um, having those athletes on the offensive line, he's he, you know, he's got a chance to be that guy if he doesn't switch over to defense. Don, who's your other guy? So the other guy I want to mention was Andrew Rosinski, who we talked about, I believe, last time, because he was um, he was bumped up to four star status for uh, by the two twenty four seven sports guys, and you know, you know, give credit credit to those guys for you know Rosinski was not super heavily recruited he committed to north carolina in jan in late january at that time this is off my head off the top of my head and we're what it was 10 months ago um it was like vanderbilt duke i think nc state might have been in there at that time so it wasn't like alabama or georgia were were seriously recruiting him had offered him any visit sort of thing and it is harder when you watch film you like a kid and then you look and you say, oh, well, the big schools haven't offered him. It's hard to make the decision of, okay, screw that. We're going to rank him a four-star. And, um, you know, so credit to them for doing that. But watching his film, I see what they, they're, they're talking about. Looked a lot stronger, uh, was was much more flexible, um, and just it plays. You know, I, I, one of the things I do when I do this is I, I go back and watch their junior season film again and just to kind of – it obviously makes refreshes my memory, makes it easier for me to kind of compare what sort of progress they've made, and um, you know, definitely, definitely has made some improvements between the two seasons. Definitely has added some good size. Definitely is, is meaner um, and uh, moving really well. You know, during his senior season, so great move by the two four seven guys. I know people always get on to them every time they they um, make a bad move or or move a, move a kid down. But, uh, I mean, this is not an easy kid to move up just because of what, what I mentioned earlier. But he definitely deserved it. Yeah, a ton of work. I mean, I'm impressed by your ability, and I'm not blowing smoke up your rear end, but I'm, I'm impressed by your ability to put this all together in a coherent thing, a coherent package that folks can check out. And, of course, if you're on the message boards, you can look up. There's a paragraph and a quote on each player. Some pictures tossed in there as well. Uh, you know, Jordan Ship's a guy that's wearing it out um, in his season. Who maybe Don is has not stepped up like you thought they would? I think that the one you would mention first, or the one I'd probably mention first, is Murdinger. But uh, and I don't know if it's fair to really say who hasn't done what they're supposed to do. But is there a guy out there that you thought maybe would be more impressive? Yeah, so, so I actually, year. so I liked Merdinger's film. I liked it better than I thought I was going to. And the issue that we've talked about before is his stats aren't great. You know, he's completing. I think I think I have in here fifty four point three percent of his passes isn't isn't good. You know, that's not typically what you see from a kid. There is, you know, 
people are going to bring up the fact that okay, you know, the, the the translation from high school stats to college, there is not like a direct, I guess, relationship between the two. But there is some sort of like if it's if the the completion percentage is really bad, then it makes you kind of wonder. So I would I would love to have an opportunity to, and I don't know if I have the time to do this, but I would love to break down a full game to kind of see just exactly what the problem is. Is it a bunch of drop passes? That can certainly be the issue. Is he playing a bunch of really good teams that are jumping a lot of things? Does he have not, not does he not have enough time for certain things? I mean, what, what could it possibly be? Um, but from the highlight film that I watched, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I thought that he did a really good job of moving around the pocket, avoiding the rush, keeping his eyes downfield. You know, a lot of the passes were shorter passes, not a whole lot of deep stuff. But um, I didn't think it was—I didn't think it was terrible at all. I thought it was, I, I thought it was pretty good. And then I guess the other guy, Alex Taylor, you know, he's the one who dropped in the rankings. And I don't think he's having a bad season by any stretch of the imagination. I think one of the issues is because obviously I'm 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 aware of what two four seven has done with the rankings heading into this review. So, um, I'm trying to look for, okay, what, what did they see that could have dropped him? And I think one of the strangest sounds, he's getting better at quarterback play. So you don't see a whole lot of these, you know, head tapping grabs or one handed catches because the ball is thrown where it needs to be thrown. You know, everyone, I always tell people. You show me a spectacular catch, I'll show you a, a poorly thrown ball. Because the ball is thrown well, you're not going to get a spectacular catch. And so I think right. that kind of hurt him a little bit, as strange as it sounds. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's kind of the, the, the main two that people have kind of, you know, someone has had not a great, a great things to say about. Well, one other aspect that you put in your scoops, and this is about current team, and I'm not going to ask you about their play and all, but you highlight red shirt burned, um, and you keep up with the class coming in. Are you surprised at anything you see when you put that together? I mean, Amari Campbell's played a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think anything surprised me just because I've I've been doing this for years, and so I kind of expect not a whole lot of guys to play. Um, and then we hear about Campbell, you know, you, you know how it was. I mean, during the off season, Campbell was the name that was constantly being talked about as somebody who would, who would see the field. So, um, so him quote unquote burning his red shirt, I, I feel like it's kind of expected, you know, um, I mean, it's just, I mean, none of these guys are, they're playing, they've burned the red shirt, but none of them are like significant contributors. I think that would probably surprise me more than anything else. So I feel like it's kind of on par for what we typically see every season. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You got Mari Campbell. He, he's made, he's made an impact when he's gotten the opportunities. Of course, had an interception. Uh, you got Caleb Koss, Chris Culliver, Michael Short uh, also having played in five games. That's an interesting an interesting quad there. Um, well, the thing to look at, so Campbell obviously has 28 defensive snaps. All yeah. the rest of the guys, Cost, Culliver, and Short, the major, the vast majority of their snaps are on special teams. I mean, Cost only has two defensive snaps. Culliver only has seven um, uh, snaps on, on offense, and, and Short has none. So it's all special teams. And this is that this is what happens with, with freshmen, and this is why – 
when people are like, I mean, we didn't have it so much with this class, but in years past when people are like, oh, this guy, he's going to, he's going to start right away. He's going to start as, as a true freshman or, or a kid will tell me, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get out there and start as a true freshman. And it just, statistically speaking, it just does not, it, it rarely happens. It happens. Don't get me wrong. It happens, but it, it just, it rarely happens. Yeah, and we've seen how important special teams are in covering kicks and blocking and, you know, covering returns and all that is huge. Not quite as important as the, the people actually kicking the ball on special teams, but uh, definitely a very important part of it. Um, so a lot of information there. I'm going to take a second to talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Sponsors of this podcast, title sponsors of this podcast and others on Inside Carolina Podcast Network. And, of course, the place for you to get all your Carolina gear. If you're in Chapel Hill or if you're not able to get to Chapel Hill, you can get on there, get online, johnnytshirt.com. They've had a sale on hats and toboggans and and all sorts of things this week, 25% off. If you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, you get another 10. I mean, it's 35% off. They're giving this stuff away. If you're an Inside Carolina Premium subscriber, take care of them. They're they're local. They're alumni-owned and operated. They've got everything you could possibly need, and they've got all the cold-weather stuff. I'm in the bonus room because the bonus room is cooler in the winter rather than blazing hot in the summer. Somebody was asking why'd I move. Um, you know, what I need to do is go get my Johnny T-shirt sweatshirts and wear those to stay warm because they certainly got everything you could possibly need. Let national guys take the bill, pay the bills as well. It's the noon dish with Don Callahan. We'll be right back. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, Don, we're right back. It is still a little bit before the half hour. Shout out to the 50 plus that have joined us here in the live chat. It's always wild to me um, how many folks we can get in here on a Wednesday to talk this stuff. Don, what else do we need to know about North Carolina recruiting? We've talked about the Virginia impact. We talked about the great Miami impact. What else goes on during a season that sort of impacts what you see in the classes coming up, be it 25 or 26? Well, um, Leroy Jackson is probably the main story that we haven't hit on yet. You know, defensive tackle from South Georgia. UNC offered him, I guess it was about a month ago. You know, had watched what, what we kind of laid out after the after North Carolina came out of the the summer without with basically every single objective filled, with the exception of that defensive tackle spot. The goal was we have some guys on the board. Let's watch some senior film and offer from there. 
That's what they did. Jackson was the guy that they felt like they needed to offer. They did. He immediately scheduled an official visit for the, the Miami weekend. And um, coming out of that, scheduled November 4th. Initially, it was November, November 3rd. That was That's going to be his senior night at his high school. I'm sure somebody told him, hey, it's probably not a good idea to do it a day of um, of a uh, of a high school football game. Now, he's actually committing the day <laughs> while of North Carolina. Carolina is playing. Exactly when North Carolina is playing on the 4th. <laughs> So anyway, so he has also taken so the week the week of his UNC official visit, like during that week, he took an official to Appalachian State. He also took an official visit to Iowa State in June. Houston, I believe, and Georgia Southern are his other finalists. But this obviously I this is gonna come down to the three schools that he officially visited. I think it's probably gonna come down to North Carolina and Appalachian State because if he was going to choose Iowa State, it's it's hard to see him do that now, and without even returning there for like a game or anything like that. And then you just kind of do continue with the process of elimination. I I I cannot in in my time on the beat, I Appalachia State has not beaten North Carolina for a recruit, so. We'll see how this goes. See if that streak continues. Yeah, sort of reset it. Six two two seventy five from Lee County, Leesburg, Virginia. Or excuse me, Leesburg, Georgia, class of twenty twenty four, three star, high three star defensive lineman. Uh, you know, folks in the chat talking about the struggles of North Carolina's defensive line. They're pretty good until Saturday. We'll see if they can bounce back. Um, but he would certainly add to that should he commit to the Tar Heels on November fourth, the day of the Campbell football game. Um, that Don will be in the Bowls lot, guaranteed for breakfast in the Bowls lot. Maybe we can get Don to give us a live presentation um, or live covering of the commitment ceremony for Leroy Jackson. Uh, yeah, I did. Now what, that I th- now that I think about it, I'm gonna have to figure out how how we juggle this. But I'll talk to Leroy and see how it goes. The other thing I want to mention is, ironically, I think it was like a day, maybe two days. After, actually, it would have to be two or three days after Leroy Jackson watched UNC beat Miami, the Hurricanes offered him a scholarship. They lost, um, they lost a defensive tackle commit, and so obviously they're trying to fill that need. He did not visit there last weekend, and it looks highly unlikely that he'll visit there this weekend because Miami is, is is home again this weekend. But they are also, I guess, a um, a recent addition to his finalist list. It's going to be an interesting follow for the next couple of weeks. Of course, that will it's pretty much guaranteed a commitment. Whether or not he commits to North Carolina, the twenty twenty four class is done. Is yes. that a fair thing? Yes. So the I think the staff is feels comfortable with if they don't get him they're comfortable with kind of pocketing that scholarship and then just saving it for the transfer portal. Yeah, portal shopping, kind of like Black Friday shopping. Um, yeah. Portal shopping in, in late December and January should be quite active for North Carolina again. And it, as with every school, I mean, it's crazy when you watch college football these days and everybody's from somewhere else. And yeah. uh, 
Anything left on the recruiting aspect of it, Don? I mean, 25 and 26, hot and heavy. Um, well, let me ask you this. What will you be watching 25-26 wise over the next, I guess, high school playoffs as North Carolina are coming up sooner than later, right? Yeah, The so I believe this is the last week of the regular season in North Carolina, and then they start the playoffs. That's nuts. I know. It, we're already at that it point. Just, yeah, it feels like the season just started, and – yeah, before you know it, we're going to be, you know, it's going to be the national championship and we're going to wake up and feel empty. It's going to be January. It's going to be cold in so January. So can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What is, because uh, I don't, you know me, I don't I don't watch all the, the Inside Carolina or listen to all the Inside Carolina podcasts. You, you don't support the Inside Carolina podcast is what you're saying, you know, other than yours. I, if it doesn't tell- have your name on it, you don't pay attention to it. <laughs> I don't even watch mine. So, um, would love to get your take on North Carolina football the past two weeks, talking about beating Miami, a good Miami team, I think, and then losing to Virginia, a bad Virginia team, I think. Uh, I think the Lucy and Charlie Brown uh, description that everybody always has is pretty apt for, for the way it's been the last couple of weeks. Uh, for whatever reason, North Carolina has struggled with success, specifically top 10 success. I mean, I think the stats bear that out. They don't win a ton of games when they're in the top 10 over the course of history. And Virginia was just another one of them. I do think Virginia um, is a little better than people say. Now, they'll go out and get trucked this weekend, but they had a good game plan and they executed it. And quite frankly, the lines – the margins, and you probably agree with this, and it's I think it's even the case in pros, the margins are so thin that you cannot come out. You can do it more so in college than you can in pros, but you can't come out and lay a complete egg and beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the App State game and the Virginia game were pretty fairly – it was basically the same game. And just Carolina found a way to win App and couldn't find a way to win Virginia – and I think that's what's the most shocking thing for the fan base and for people that follow it is you have a team that we all said was different because the leadership was different. It was player-led and all that stuff. And they reverted back, seriously reverted back to um, what has people you know, up in arms, worried, whatever you want to call it, from last year and in years past. There's always that one game that uh, for whatever reason they can't, drag themselves over the hump to get that win. Every team has those, right? If you look across college football, college basketball, look at national championship runs in basketball, there's always that one game where you just have to figure out how to win somehow, some way. And Carolina's managed to figure out how to lose that game a lot in the past. And look, you can wash it away this weekend by beating Georgia Tech. I think Georgia Tech's better than people say. What gets me, though, is people that won't – and Mac sort of said it in his presser is it's good for people to have high expectations and be angry about it rather than be apathetic about it. Um, now, you do it again this weekend and you're going to get some of that apathy roll in, right? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think Nocon had opportunity to jump ahead and, and be in the top ten this week and get – college football rankings and all that stuff high up and relevant and they didn't do it but still a lot to go a lot of games to go the bottom line the season was going to come down to the end 
um, you know, Duke, Clemson, and NC State. It's going; those games are going to matter now. Mm-hmm. They mattered before the Virginia game. You know, you got to figure out a way to win two, maybe all of them, and, and that doesn't change with the Virginia loss. Other than now, you have to if you want to play an ACC championship game. But I've been around too long, Don, to be surprised, and uh, I think that's my way of softening. You know, like 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 baseball we were talking about earlier. I was like, I'm just not going to watch if these teams make it. That'll free up some time. That way, you don't get worked up. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, well, it it is in general, it is difficult being if if you are a diehard. I'm not talking about bandwagon people or people who just throw it on when they have nothing else going on. If you are a diehard fan of a team, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It I mean, does. being because a fan it hurts is... when you lose games like this, it, it does. Um, the one thing, the one thing I'll say is I, I kind of, I'm, you know, my background didn't grow up a UNC fan. Um, but I've been around the program enough to kind of take the same sort of mentality that you have. I actually expected what happened against Virginia to happen against Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech is, I think, is a well-coached team and has an underrated quarterback. I I didn't think I don't think Virginia is a well-coached team. I don't I don't know how North Carolina loses. I don't think North Carolina loses now. Now that North Carolina has lost to Virginia, I think the team is woken up. They're not going to to um, to take Georgia Tech lightly, and and they might actually beat the snot out of Georgia Tech. Um, I actually would think that probably will happen, but yeah, I did not, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think Virginia is a very good team, but, um, so it surprised me a little bit, but let me show you, let me, and I'm not calling somebody out when I post this up here on the board, but this is what the mindset is here, right? All of us did a preseason prediction. I said, Carolina was going to be 10 and two. I thought they'd be 10 and two. I think I had them losing Pitt and Clemson. And, okay. you know, they beat Pitt, mm-hmm. and everybody kept saying after the Miami game, asking me, are you going to change your prediction? You're going to change – no, I'm not going to change my prediction. I said 10-2, and two, period. Um, and then you have this right here. And this is not to call Tar Heel Huddle out because it's been awesome in the chat today. But this technically they've underachieved. That's what's so disappointment. You know, they – Wait, do it, you think they've underachieved? No, I do not okay. think they've underachieved. Now, I, I said this yesterday on, on the beat. If their goal and their expectation is to go 1-0 and every week, then they did not meet that goal last week. Mm-hmm. Um, how realistic is that uh, to go 1-0 and every week for college, for Carolina football? It's, yeah, it's so it's – so, the thing that stinks about sports in general, especially football, is that – if North Carolina plays Virginia 10 times, how many times does North Carolina win? I mean, I, it, maybe it, nine. You know? It might be nine. Yeah. You know, but um, it's in a seven game series. I right? know. I know. It's and not. that's what people don't understand. Is, yeah. And it just stinks that Virginia got that one game out of the 10. And that's just, that's for every team in college football and why I hate when people speak in absolutes. Oh, this team's going to win. This team's going to, no, you don't know that. I mean, these things are so you just and especially when you're dealing with high school, I mean, I'm sorry, college kids, you know, but um, what is so is your prediction does it still stand at 10 and two right yep. now? OK, yep. so you think 
what so what's the next what's the second loss uh not sure if i had to lay one on it i would say clemson, clemson hasn't looked great they haven't looked great but they're still good where it matters yeah, and that's the good. trenches and that's the defensive line and carolina's proven that they've struggled you know part of me says the virginia game took the place of the georgia tech game and uh you know that because i think to your point earlier virginia game maybe helps north carolina beat yeah. georgia tech there was a very real pot that was the one thing i think i've heard max say before that i, I disagree with where he was saying that it was easier to get through to kids after wins and from my experiences and i'm i've not coached at the highest level like he has i've always felt like losses are a lot easier to get through to people and so i think you know if if and i'm not saying i, I expect this but if north carolina runs the table on out you would look at the virginia game and say that that was a main reason why because it woke the roster up yeah. you know to what could potentially happen because i don't so like i said north carolina is not going to overlook georgia tech this weekend at least i don't think so yeah. Well, if they do, then then we're we'll have a different yeah. Discussion. Then there's bigger problems than what, what that we even thought. So my and thing then, is 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 to your point about that is, and I kind of asked this: Can you really do you can you really get it if you do if you screw up but still win? Does a teenager, does yes, an early twenties right. person no, really you're, understand you're a, that? You're a hundred percent right, hundred percent right. I especially, you know teenagers slash early 20s kids if they mess up and they win and that's what i think happened last season they 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 the defense was terrible all of last season against really bad teams but they kept on winning and then when you played good teams they lost because they never fixed some of this stuff and then you had mac in press conferences talk about how great the defense was and how it was improving when it really wasn't but this yeah so so i think it hurt them last season so i think Mac could potentially get through to them now and say, Hey, look, this is why we've been harping on these things. Look, we, we lost to UVA and we shouldn't have lost to UVA. So. Yeah. But the thing is, is that you did and there's, you're not taking it back. And for, I I think it takes, and even when teenagers and early twenties and young adults get smacked in the face, they still don't all get it. You're right. But but I, I think, and I could speak to that in my former life a lot, but I think if if North Carolina comes out and plays a great football game on Saturday, that will tell me as much, if not more, about the leadership within the locker room. I agree. Than anything anybody says. I agree. Because it was pretty clear on Saturday, this past Saturday, and I don't care what they say, it was pretty clear they didn't take that team seriously mm-hmm. until it was too late. Mm-hmm. And everybody kept thinking, got the ball back four minutes. They're going to win it anyway. Yeah. Got the ball back with a minute and a half left. They're going to win it anyway. And it didn't happen. So maybe that's the light switch that gets through. Mm-hmm. And I, I would hope it doesn't take Mac Brown and the staff uh, to, to get it through to them. And, I agree with Tar Hill Huddle. I hear what you're saying in the chat. Yes, the staff, uh, you know, they they dropped the ball and didn't run the ball. You know, it should have been a 50 or 60 carry day for North Carolina. It should have been what Virginia did to North Carolina, and it wasn't. But none of that stuff's relevant right now. 
what's relevant is how they respond to it. Yes. I think Chiswick said improvement through disappointment or something to that effect. And I think that's key. Yeah. Like I said, you, you, you egg it up against Georgia tech and then it's a different conversation coming folks in the chat drop. You got still got time to drop your top five. Um, Yeah. So let me, so, all right. So just, so I, I look at the rest of the season and so, I mean, let, hold I on a second. Let me let me ask you something, Don. Sure. Is it on you? And this is parents talking, right? Dads talking. How much is it on a parent if they tell us a child or or they raise a child to do what they're supposed to do, and you tell them constantly, "I've told you about speeding." You know, mm-hmm. I've told you about messing with that girl. I've told you about doing this. I've told you about doing that. And they still do it. How much of that is on the parent? Or so the my, my belief is it's, you can't control what the kids do, but I believe it's on me. I believe, you know. And I think you, you might, fall on your sword and you take it on you. I just, I just, I just feel like, and I'll just take it with my daughter whatever she does between now and whenever, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know how far we want to go, but it's on me, you know? And I, I, we text all day, every day. I was just yelling at her earlier about, you know, a test that she got bad. I put that on me because anyway, I'm just a big, you know, um, I don't know. I think if you show me a good kid, most of the time you're going to see a good parent. And we're going we're going way off the tracks here. I agree, but it is a. But yes, you have no control once she's outside the house. She makes, and and my daughter, I'm not going to go into too many details, but what was it, about a year ago made a really bad decision outside the house, and, you know, um. It's on me. I was I was furious with her, but it but it's on me. But I I mean I have no control. But she's yeah. got to know that when she makes a bad decision, that you know she's going to have to deal with the consequences plus me. And I she agree. knows that. Yeah, I've always said the worst thing that can happen. There's 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 ult- the ultimate worst thing, but the second worst thing is have somebody call me from the police mm-hmm. station and say I've got somebody down here. Well, that's, so I, I, I would, I would not use my one phone call to make that call. If <laughs> well, I were. the, um, <laughs> the trouble she got into, we're going off the rails. Made, well, she texted me beforehand. I thought it was a joke, but then just to kind of bring it to a more lighter thing where I feel more comfortable talking about today, she sent me a text. I didn't do well on that math test that she studied on her own, said she studied all that sort of stuff. I didn't have to wait for power school to give me the little alert because she knows I'm going to be pissed if power school tells me before she does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, power school. I don't miss those days. Yeah. All right. So. The bottom line is though, it, it is a, it is a complete program loss. The coaches, they've owned it. The players, they've owned it. You can't look back. You go forward, how you address it and how you handle it. That's what I want to see. I want to see this player led leadership. So you believe though it's it's like what your boys do it's on it's on you or do you believe it's on them? Well, They're a I mean, older. yeah, I mean, I, I think I do my best, and, and whether I'm coaching or, or 
parenting or whatever, you do your best to to send them on the right way. But ultimately, they got to they've got to do it. Yeah. You know? and, and yeah, I want to say, well, maybe I failed in that regard. But ultimately, did I? You know, did, did calling plays in, in the Carolina Virginia game, not running the ball. I mean, that is on the coaches, but having guys and getting guys in their head that this is an important game. I mean, you tell them a hundred times. I just think all losses are not bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. I yeah. definitely agree with that. I think so, that you could like, like we, like I said earlier, I think that, that you can, you can benefit from a loss. Yeah. All right, let's go. Yeah. Top five. And I want to take a second to talk about congruity because they've got five important points um, for your mid and small business. And it's relevant because we have five, top five coming up later. Congruity, North Carolina base, national coverage, local presence, and personal support. Darren and Matt and their team provide a great personalized experience for your small or mid-sized business with HR and payroll outsourcing. They grow, They allow you to grow your business while they take care of the people we're talking about, which is your people. Whether it's, you know, I, I would consider if I owned a business that it would be my family and I'd want these guys taking care of my family while I grow the business. Top of the line technology and great customer service. Like I said, we, we talk about other sponsors of this show and other local businesses and we always talk about customer service. They're top notch in that area. They're top notch with their online platform. Everything you have, they transform your organization into the next level. And those are the top five things Congruity can do for you. So here's what you do for Congruity. You go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. You, you learn more about their business. You learn more about what they do. And you fill out this quick survey. And they'll give you a free assessment. Inside Carolina listeners and viewers get a free HR assessment. Um, so you can understand just how they can help you and how you can benefit from what they can do. That's congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. Top five here on the noon dish as we close out. Do we want to just hour. go rapid fire? There was a couple questions. Rapid fire with the questions. Did you see the questions? I didn't get a ton of questions. I thought I saw one that was asking you always, about. You always interrupt me. I'm sorry. I just didn't want you to to get it. You know, all comfortable. Um, this one right here. If UNC goes out and repeats what they did last year after a disappointing performance, what should the conversation be? Oh, uh, this I is think, for Tommy. Uh, yeah, I think the conversation changes a lot. And then, you know, because as Jason Staples always says, one is a dot, two is a line, three is a trend. Right now we're at the dot stage. Last year there was a trend for sure. But to Max's point, the teams were much better. Um, but, it, you know, regardless, that was a, it was a slide. That was a, uh, one of those playground slides that's straight down at the end of last season. North Carolina lost Virginia. They were going to lose at some point this season. Is Did Virginia wake them up? That's the conversation we have after Saturday. The day after will be lively, folks, um, one way or another. Uh, they're more fun after North Carolina wins. They could be more interesting if, if another situation arises. Where's some more? There was um, Mike Pence, a.k.a. Steve Brown. How does Merdinger compare to Tad Hudson at the same stage? Great I, I think, question. I think, um, well, it is at 1224. I don't know if that helps any. Go ahead and answer it. So uh, they're very different guys. You know, I think Merdinger is a lot more mobile, and I think that helps him a lot. You know, um, Tad is is pure arm talent, just just um, 
effortless, strong arm can zing it down the field. And he has some inconsistencies. And that's the thing. If you watch Tad's, if you just focus on Tad's film, his highlights, he looks, he looks just as good as Merdinger, but I've, I've been to Tad's games. I've been to seven on sevens with Tad in it. I've seen him at camp settings and that sort of thing. So I've seen a little bit of the inconsistency with his accuracy. He's a bigger kid, um, taller kid, um, more of the, you know, he has the look, you know, measurable wise of like a, you know, a ACC quarterback. Um, but um, I think Merdinger definitely has the, the athleticism more of, a, he's more athletic. He's more uh, mobile, that sort of thing. Is uh is North Carolina's starting quarterback in twenty twenty four on the roster in Don in Callahan's 2024. opinion? Next season. I'm gonna play the odds and say no. But I'm not completely just ruling out the Connor Harold stuff. Yeah. I'm on I'm on hot take and say yes. Okay. So you you go in Harold? You just know who my favorite player. I've been alleged to love backup quarterbacks forever. So it is. It is Connor then. He's the one I would be thinking, but okay. I, I'm going to go off off the hot take and say yes. And that might actually odds wise might odds wise might be better because even if North Carolina brings in a transfer quarterback, if you pay attention to the transfer quarterback stuff the past couple of seasons, there's a lot of quarterbacks who go to a program and don't even win the job, and and that could definitely be the case. And Connor will have a leg up on being comfortable in the program, and then also being comfortable in the system because he's been with um, um, Lindsay Lindsay for the past year ish is a coastal's quarterback still got a year of eligibility after this year. I he got hurt. Didn't he? I don't know. I don't follow coastal. I think he got hurt. Um, Once I quit having yeah. Willie Lampkin to follow down there, I uh, quit following coastal. No, I'm not a big, uh, big coastal. I fan. love, um, well, so I love the, uh, the midweek football. Yeah, it's and pretty awesome. Played a bunch of midweek football. So here's a relevant relevant question. Georgia Hill says, "Any punters and kickers on the recruiting radar?" You got Lucas Asada. Yeah, I mean, so it's such a different position for recruiting purposes, and so Lucas Asada is a combo kicker, which means that he is a legitimate kicking prospect and punting prospect, and also. Um, kickoffs. So North Carolina feels like they have a guy who can compete for all legitimately compete for all three spots in the 24 class. They might, they usually bring in some walk-ons just, just to kind of fill up the depth chart for, for situations like UNC is dealing with right now where, where um, although they seem rare, but you know, kickers and punters do go down at times, but uh, you know, they're, they're just not. And then any for the 2025 class that won't, they won't mess with anyone until, the spring at the earliest, probably the summer. Tougher loss. Um, needing just one of two games at home to go to the World Series or losing to Virginia? That question was asked on – did you get I that from the message board? No, I just asked it. I was just curious. I mean, I, you know, I mean – <laughs> For you. It, it's got to be – well, I think in general it's got to be losing to Virginia. <laughs> I mean, Virginia has only – has. North Carolina is the only FBS team Virginia has beaten in a year. And let's remember the Phillies were a wild card team. So, well, the Diamondbacks were the sixth seed, weren't they? They were the sixth seed, but it's not like, I mean, as I was, I was the Phillies choked. So anytime you lose in the playoffs, you choke. So Folks, if you want to get, choke, if I mean, you want, if you want to get Don Callahan off on a tangent, start talking about 
of talk, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia's <laughs> pro sports. No, talk about Kyle Schwarber leading off. So I'm That's hoping a, Thompson gets Thompson retires because I don't think they'll fire him. And then we bring someone in geez. who understands that Kyle Schwarber is a four or five hole hitter. Uh, let's go to the top five. Top five scary stuff. Top five <laughs> monsters, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'll start with Preston from Greensboro. Clowns, Grim Reaper, werewolves, Co- the devil, and Coach K. I mean, <laughs> that is. I a, thought he was gonna, you know, like, Preston. I'm kind of disappointed because there was clearly a Ross Martin joke in there. Interesting. Five synonyms in there. In the synonym when everything's the same. All right, I digress. Five villains: Mike Myers, Hannibal, the Shark, and Jaws. That's pretty cool. He's shown his age lately. That's key. I think yeah. it's. I think it's good. Well, because it was so fake looking when it was seen. Ghostface. Well, Ghostface is a scream, right? Uh, it, yeah, I thought Ghostface Killer. He's from the Wu Tang Clan. Well, yeah, we're talking about true scary people. Um, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Oh man, forgot about Pumpkinhead. Yeah, I hadn't seen Pumpkinhead. In that's a while. probably why he's underrated. But that's Al- good, Sean. Alan Mint. This is a great one. This is one thing. Um, I'm in my bonus room, but in my way up. In my man tower, man cave, I call it the way up. I have movie posters all over the ceiling, and uh, I have to set up one day. So, so is the over under on rooms in your house? Is it like thirty five? Yeah, one, seven, seven rooms. You're, in right. house. Uh, You're I, like in a different room every time we we record. Alan Minton says, and the reason I say that because Alan Minton says the nun. I have a poster of the nun. Um, don't ask me why I like weird stuff. None. Jason have Michael Myers on the wall. I have Jigsaw Guy on the wall and Hannibal Lecter. Let's see. And I also have Derek Morrison, Pennywise. Dude, I was so I would refuse to do mess with anything clowns until it came out. And I love Pennywise. I mean, he's awesome. Pennywise, the chick from the ring. I can't remember that one. The Chick from the Grudge, yes, that was messed up. Freddy Krueger was one of my favorites. The only scary movie I've had nightmares about is the original Nightmare on M Street. And then Michael Myers. Tar Heel Huddle. Anything spiritual I can't see. Like, all those devil movies are the same, right? Like Somebody said Hereditary is really good. My boys said Hereditary is really good. The Ring, Grudge, Paranormal Activities. Eh, not really. It's on Netflix, I think. Pennywise. Okay. Coach K, uh, the Saw villain, Gone Girl Lady, <laughs> Rock Molesting Robot SNL, Jeepers Creepers, and the Ring Chick. Um, and then uh, Exorcist, Bridges Over Water. Interesting. Spiders, Snakes, UNC Football in the top 10. <laughs> Some really good stuff there. Yeah. Is, uh, this, is, this is a good job for a lot of these people. I know, really. So uh, what you got, Don? So, I think I think you had the Freddy Krueger just because I feel like it's classic. I liked who was it? I think it was Tar Heel Tuttle, uh, or Tar Heel Huddle. Um, anything that's spiritual or I can't see, I I have that something similar to that on my list. Like if it's like like the, you know what I mean, and then you don't know where it's coming from. That that sort of stuff. If you watch those by yourself, no one else is home, can get pretty scary. Any little girl stuff, you know, little girl like. I have a neighbor who has like a like a little girl as to scare people in their lawn. That that spooks me out every time I walk past it. 
<laughs> you like walk. You can see your steps in the dew in the morning. It's like walking up to it, and then there's a big yeah. old thing. <laughs> uh, Pennywise and any clowns. I don't know if I said it. Did I said it on the podcast or if if I said it beforehand. But there's one of the neighbors actually put a Pennywise in the sewer around the corner from my house, and it is creepy. I pull up on the stop sign to make the left to my house and I see it. And each time I know it's there. It's so creepy. They need the red balloon hanging out. They do. So we had the red balloon, but it popped. I don't know why, <laughs> but it did pop. Um, I have Annabelle. That's just creepy. I mean, the Man. whole creepy dolls thing, especially if you go into somebody else's house and they have creepy dolls. Ugh. Ugh. I feel like they're going to, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're going to wake up. Oh, I had the nun too. I, this might be more than five, but the nun, like any sort of stuff like that, um, that goes with the whole spiritual, religious stuff, can be pretty creepy if framed a certain way. What about yeah. you? Well, I mean, I can't say Pennywise because I think Pennywise is cool um, now, but Pennywise, Freddy Krueger, uh, Mike Myers. I thought the first, well, the of course the original Halloween, but I thought the second original one like the third the first one of this last trilogy that it did i thought that was a good one uh the devil movies like when people start like bones breaking and they walk funny the the first exorcist was the scariest movie in the history of everything and that new one looks scary too so i probably won't see it um i'll say a low-key monster Do we watch it with you uh, yeah. hold your hand yeah, I might kick somebody. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll kick out. And um, so any stuff like that, the hereditary, all those, the hereditary, the conjuring, and all that stuff is kind of stupid. The nun. Here's my deal with scary movies. Usually, the first seventy-five percent of them are great, or, or pretty good. Then the last twenty-five percent, it just gets stupid and it ruins it. Yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent. That's why I typically, if I the scary movies I like are the ones like we talked, like I was talking about, where it's like they're in this house and they just hear noises and weird shit happens and all that sort of stuff. Because I don't know, I feel like if I'm in some random house and I'm hearing these noises, my mind's going to start to kind of wander. But like Freddy Krueger, you know, I guess that's not a great example, but I mean, you know, I don't know. I Lights like out. Those... Go watch Lights Out. On uh, Netflix. You know what also creeped me out? What was that? Um, oh, I can't think of it. I don't want to waste time because I know we got to get off here. But yep. um, yeah, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Just hold it till next time. I like a good scary movie, but like that is realistic. Yes, that, that could happen. Yes, and, and that's where it gets scary. What's that's the why one I think... where the, the the couple they go and stay at this house in the middle of nowhere and the, and this man and these two women, they have had the mask on and they're just messing with them the entire time. They eventually kill them. That sounds like a strangers. I think it is. That's that, sound, that yeah. was, that was kind of creepy as hell. I can, there are times where I have to stay in hotels that are in the middle of nowhere. So my mind kind of <laughs> goes there. That is epic. Don Callahan, uh, barricading doors in hotels <laughs> <laughs> scared to death it is a it's been a fun show i can't believe it's already uh five minutes past the hour shout out to the folks that stayed with us shout out to johnny t-shirt and congruity for being sponsors of this wonderful time spent with don callahan don it's always a pleasure um you have homework you need to make campbell 
tailgate in two weeks. Yes, and that we, is I, definitely my intent. I guess we may talk before that as well. No, we will not talk before that game. So I will spend our next episode hammering you if you do not make the bowls lot. Folks, we're out of here. Shout out to the folks. Shout out to Inside Carolina. Stay with Inside Carolina for all the content leading up to North Carolina, Georgia Tech, 8 o'clock on Saturday night. Um, a lot of basketball content coming from Adam and Jeremiah. ACC Media Days today. Um, I'll have some baseball content. The Fall World Series is going on in Chapel Hill as well. It's always a pleasure, Don. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Tommy.